The Dave Carter Show is part of the Ricochet Audio Network, run by Ricochet.com. Here's why you should join the Ricochet community. You can write your own post or comment on thousands of other posts on every conceivable topic. Connect with conservatives from across the country and around the world. Ricochet is the home of smart and civil conversation on the web. Join or create your own Ricochet group and interact with others who have the same hobbies, interests, and pursuits. Check it out at ricochet.com slash join. Membership starts at just $4.50 a month, and you'll be supporting podcasts like this one. Go to ricochet.com slash join right now and join the conversation. Storyteller, historian, hellraiser. It's Dave Carter, and this is the Dave Carter Show. Well, we're bringing the A list and the A team to the program today, featuring Pat Sajak. There'll be a mystery guest to scan the political horizon, and back to join in the fun is my friend Sidney J. Michaels. Lots of laughs and lunacy straight ahead. I'm Dave Carter. I'm a retired military veteran with three combat tours in the Middle East, a year spent in Korea, and a few other vacation destinations. I'm a former private detective, a former 18-wheeler driver with over a million miles driven across the country. Uh, but I spend my time these days writing and podcasting here on Ricochet.com, which is where I met and had the pleasure of getting to know Pat Sajak, who really is a, a good down-to-earth guy, and uh, we'll have the pleasure of talking with him uh, coming up in a bit. We've got a mystery guest coming up as well, and I don't want to spoil all the fun of that. But first, it's always, always, always fun to welcome back onto the program my uh, co-host for low these many decades, a year, uh, for a long time now, and my partner in mischief, Sidney J. Michaels, who, when we last talked to her, had gone flying across the office, crashing down to the floor, landing right smack on her, ask me no questions, and I'll tell you no lies. How, how you doing, young lady? What's going on? <laughs> Trying to still find that part that flew on the other side of the building. <laughs> like, I've got signs out now saying, missing parts, just bring it to me. No questions asked. Okay, I'll try to stick it back on got to be better than this yeah how you doing my man oh man if i was having any more fun they'd just shoot me i guess well there's uh my, my mom-in-law got sick a few days ago and she's she's oh, uh, no. she's getting better now but cold or sinus infection or i don't know but does uh, she, she was you know coughing and everything and and uh and i'm not feeling so good myself which is not fun because i've got to, i closed at the store last night and i'm closing tonight uh so mm. it'll be uh you know, but I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, do uh, you have your coffee with you, by the way? Uh, not yet. No? I may have to uh, dip out and do that while we're uh, listening yeah. to good old Pat. Well, we, uh, well, I've got some coffee going. But I was thinking, when was the last time that you and I did a uh, set, set behind the microphones together in the morning? Ooh. Yeah. It's been a minute. Boy, but those were the days, man. I was back on WGBR. It was so much fun. It? Yeah, GBR. I had a, a, a like a keg full of coffee sitting at the <laughs> at the at the control board, and uh, I, and here we are again. But I'm just I, you know I've, I had to take some uh, medicine last night for you know the messed up sinus plumbing or whatever the hell it is, and uh, just just really not feeling that great. Uh, we need we know we need we need, we need we need some some soothing, relaxing morning music. Sounds good to me. All right, here we go. Let's see. Isn't that nice? 
Oh, uh, it's getting there. <laughs> you hear the you hear the birds, right? Oh yeah. I always wonder what exactly the birds have to sing about at five o'clock in the morning, but that's just me. Good thing we don't understand their language, or we would know what they were singing about. <laughs> and that that's just soothing, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. A cup of coffee. So tranquil. So uh, very, very nice and peaceful. Good morning. <laughs> so we go from waking up to jumping up. That'll do it. <laughs> that will do it. So there we are. Oh, what the, he kicked a bucket at the end. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so how are you feeling? I know uh, we, we, we were going to do this a few days ago, and then you were just feeling awful at that point. Are you, I assume you're feeling better today? Well, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm not no. 100% um, trying to work that towards that big number. You know, it just takes so long to heal when you've got tissue damage, soft tissue damage, no. cartilage tears whatever the, the way the body works it's just uh it wants to take its time yeah. to do what it's supposed to do yeah. so we kind of got to have some patience along with it mm-hmm. and it's wearing a little thin because i want to get moving the way i used to and so we'll see yeah i ask for your love prayers and vodka i mean love and prayers yeah <laughs> uh, whiskey's better. during this dad this time during this uh strange time yeah i understand yes. well you got you got all of that love prayers the yes. whole deal I, when i when i messed up my back i mean it was just you know it was a pinched nerve two herniated discs in my back and i was just done i just i was done for a while and it's just miserable so hope you hope you get hope you get better soon so you got you oh, uh, you as well yeah well if i'd have been better off if i just fallen and landed on my head it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been as difficult then right i tell you what sometimes i wish i just broke something at least i would know what kind of pain we're targeting oh you broke that pinky finger okay that's why it hurts <laughs> now but when you hit your pinky finger and it's like why is it hurting and it's not broken right. <laughs> we go ahead and break uh, it now yeah just go on to break it and get it over with, okay right, 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 right. <laughs> so do you, when, when do you start your uh, christmas shopping let's assume let's assume that you're not you know injured and everything's normal or what passes for normal for you what <laughs> when do you actually start doing your christmas shopping this is going to sound weird, yeah. but my birthday is 10 days before Christmas, and wow. I'm normally off around that time, Yeah, and that's when I officially either start or completely finish. Throughout the year, I try to find some things, put them away, and that was pretty successful for a while, but then when Christmas came, I couldn't find the stuff that I put away. Right. So that's not working, but I'm not quite a last minute shopper, but if I wait a couple of weeks before Christmas with a good list, I'm good. Really? But yeah, because uh we're not competing for that that special toy or that it thing that you have to have. Remember back when we were in the air, everybody wanted Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah. Or a puffalump. And what? if you couldn't get that, a puffalump. 
it's a remember that. it's some kind of stuffed animal for little girls oh. and uh and, and in fact if anybody has a teddy ruxpin or puffer up right now hold on to it because that is some serious ebay money but uh <laughs> yeah it's it's a collector's item but that was the it toy so i couldn't tell you what the it thing is anymore adults want their toys too they want their either wireless headsets or new iphone or you know Ugg boots, something. Yeah, yeah. Those Uggs, things yeah. are always, yeah. Th- those things are always in stock, so right. um, don't so, have to chase after that stuff. So do you do most? So of we your, can take a time. Do you do most? Do you do, you do most of your shopping uh, in brick and mortar stores, or do you do most of it online, or is there a, a kind of a fifty fifty mix? How do you split that up, or, do you, or is it 50, all in one place? Mix. Really, fifty fifty mix with actually, I'll say, I'll say seventy thirty. Seventy percent of it is brick and mortar. And the other thirty percent might be online. You know, we're we're tactile people. We like to touch the fruit before we eat it. So I yeah. want to go in the store and really look at stuff. And the brick and mortar stores are going away, Dave. To well, I know. Much but to I'm working one of them. The trend line is not good. No, it's <laughs> but not. I, but I do. I do. I still do a lot of online stuff um, because you know, particularly uh, not to belabor a point I made in the last podcast, but. Uh, here in Memphis, uh, we've got some great stores. The one I work at included, but you got to negotiate the world's biggest jerks oh. on the highway. And then we've got, we've got it's like OK Corral on the highway now. There's, there's no almost doubt. weekly yeah. uh, shootings on the interstates around the around the city. And then Memphis being Memphis, you've got you know uh, shoplifters and and fights and crap going on in the mall and people getting mugged and carjacked. And we had an active shooter a few weeks ago, so. If it's yeah, just, I couldn't if, believe that. That if, shocked the hell out of me. It didn't shock me, unfortunately. I just like, well, okay, this is where we are. So I, I just if left to my own devices. I can go click, click, and not be in any any of those issues. Have nothing to worry about in terms of my own safety, and it and it arrives at the door. So that's a very well, tempting shocked, thing. Yeah, well, it shocked me because mm. we didn't hear about it nationally. Yeah, and and I and I suppose these these things are going on all over the nation, mm. but. It has to rise to a certain level before it hits NBC News. Well, we have and, we uh, have our homicide rate is higher than Chicago's. Really? That's the rate. Okay, the deaths per hundred thousand people. It is higher here than it is Chicago, New York City, uh, Washington D.C. Yeah, we're 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 not number one, but God knows we're trying. So it, it, it it's it's a, it's a uh, it's a shooting gallery here, really. For how? What do you attribute all this to? What, what is what is driving all of this? I don't know. I, I wish I could. I, at this point, I don't know that there's any coming back from it, aside from calling in the National Guard, because we've just we just got it's all over town. There are restaurants that we go to, and then the next day we look in the newspaper. Oh, they got robbed last night. Well, good thing we went to the other restaurant. It's just happening with such frequency here that, um, well, you know, it's just it's just nuts. So. And you know Memphis is such a beautiful city. It's got it a lot is. of history. Yeah. I got a lot of friends up there, along with you, uh, Dave, yeah. in that area. And I, I tell you, my heart's always with them because when we do hear about it, in my parts, it's it's got to be good. bad. It's probably too late. Right. So I'm making calls. Hey, you guys okay out there? What's going on? Yeah, that type of thing. When I in the store, man, it's, it's really looking really nice. We uh, we finally were unable to unask. I mean, uh, to get rid of a lot of the uh, <laughs> of the summer uh, clothing. To make way for fall and winter clothing, and uh, this stuff's coming in by the truckload at this point. And it, 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 the challenge now is it's really good stuff. The challenge is to find a place to put nice. it. 
It's like trying to figure out where you put an extra half a tube of in, in an already full tube of toothpaste. You know, we're hanging from the meat, meat hooks in the ceiling here pretty soon. But now where I work, I'm over in Tommy Bahama, they got a line of winter clothing that's just killer. I mean, it's it's not cheap stuff, but it's great stuff. The feel of it is real good. So I'm having a lot of fun, you know. I like Tommy Bahama. It's a yeah. good line. I, you know, I lived on Panama City Beach for a while. And, uh, Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the uh, mid, mid-90s, mid mid-late 90s. And I was literally oh, living at a condo on the, well, right, you know, on, on the beach. So I heard the surf all night. I mean, it was the best, most sound and pleasant sleep I've, I've had before or since. Really, really. Nice. really and I, back then, Tommy Bahama had not really hit the scene like it has now. So it was Panama Jack. Ah, so I okay. Was, I was rocking that stuff. I would, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'd, walk, I'd walk over a little. I couldn't like a Hawaiian tourist walk over to the to Sharky's Beach Club. Uh, with a little tiki bar, I'd walk over. I was in within staggering distance, right? So I'd walk over there and I'd stagger back to the room. It was great, a lot of fun. Well, we are talking with uh, the always interesting and entertaining Sydney J. Michaels. We'll be talking with Pat Sajak here in just a little bit and see what other kind of mischief and trouble we can all get into. Here now with some political commentary, a guy who hasn't been on my show since the 1990s when I was in North Carolina. I was reluctant to have him on given uh, recent events, but he just won't be dissuaded. So here now, if you can believe it, is former third-party presidential candidate and billionaire industrialist Ross Perot. And, well, um, it's damn nice for you to finally have me back on the show, Larry. What's a guy got to do to get back on here anyway? Keel over? I'm not Larry King. I know that, Lenny. I know that. <laughs> but look, I understand your reluctance. After all, I guess you figure one dead guy on the show is enough, right? <laughs> well, guess again, Lucy, because I'm back with more energy than Bill Clinton in a room full of pom-pom girls at an intern orientation. And I'll tell you something else, Lakeisha. It's not Lakeisha. Now, am I going to get a chance to speak today? I'm sorry. I like it when you apologize there, Lamar. It's kind of like having a feather up your butt. Why? <laughs> it tickles me. <laughs> and speaking of getting tickled, can you imagine anything funnier than a stage full of clapping seals at the Democratic presidential debate? Free college, free health care, free abortions for spotted owls, free sex changers for cisgender flamingos, and a free false teeth for Joe Biden paid for by, by who? Elizabeth Warren? Hell, she's one one thousand and twenty fourth Native American and one one thousand twenty three one thousand twenty fourths full of shit. The thing is, Larry, that the more she and the rest of that conga line of misfits, twerps, mop heads, hippies, fakes, twits, dipsticks, wankers, jackasses, and geriatric <laughs> dust farting gas bags with spray on hair bloviate, complete one hundred percent bona fide bullshenanigans about taking people's guns, getting rid of their cars, and protecting the US of A from energy, wealth, good sense, grits, bacon, and a cold one on a hot day, the better Donald Trump looks. Whew, as they said in the White House back in the 90s, that's a mouthful. No, we don't need that here. These people keep telling us that we need a government that looks like the tooth fairy but tells everyone to comply or die. Hell, with an opposition like that, Donald Trump could walk around with a t-shirt that says nuke gay whales for Jesus and still win the election. That's why I'm here with a solid gold-plated good suggestion, Lazarus. Lazarus? What we need is to roll up our sleeves, raise the hood, and kick that sucker right in the back by going back to the first family of the 1990s. And I don't mean old thunder thighs herself, either. Most Americans would rather grope a wet ferret in a fuse box and cast a vote for her in an election box. No, Lassie, what I'm talking about is giving the groper-in-chief yet another shot. Now, I know, I know I ran against him in 92, but I'm an FOB of that SOB because I'm throwing in with the dope from hope. What's the worst that could happen? He spends his time chasing in, turns around the desk, and leaves the rest of us the hell alone. Now, we'll have to dump Hillary. 
She wouldn't know the truth if it did a lap dance for her. Ask her the time of day, and she will claim that she's never had a memory of owning a clock, or even a recollection of a memory of her ever seeing a clock. <laughs> and she can't recall a recollection of having remembered a clock that others remember her having had. Then... Bill will get his clock cleaned. And that's not what he wants, LaShonda. No, he just wants to get his chicken chicken. Fine. Which leaves the rest of us to do the American thing and mind our own damn business. So remember, Latrell, we can't vote for the Gipper, so we might as well win one for the Zipper. Now that's all for now, Loretta, and thanks again for having me on your show. Ross Perot. Ross Perot on the Dave Carter program, and Sydney has just walked back with, would you hold the bag still so I can see this stupid thing? It's, uh, <laughs> oh, those are good. Why don't you send you that a Milano, it's Pe- Pepper's Farm, Milano, cook. send me one as, as an, uh, just over text, will you please? I started What now? Piece of orange flavor. Oh, okay, that's good. Well, folks, uh, I got an update for you from the last podcast. I spoke with, as you'll recall, uh, Pat Darbon, my uh, Cajun chef friend back home in Louisiana, down on the bayou there in Lake Charles. And she is now scheduled to be on the Today Show to demonstrate to Hoda and millions of other folks how to pass a good time while doing some good cooking uh, on the bayou. And she will be on the show doing a cooking segment on December 12th. That's December 12th. So, folks, mark your calendar, set your alarm clock. Put it on your smartphone or stick it wherever it is you need to stick it so you remember. Uh, this, la- <laughs> this lady is fantastic. She's got a good heart, great sense of humor, and she can cook like nobody's business. So that's December 12th on NBC's Today Show. You know, I ordered from her uh, some of this Creole seasoning. Can you see this, Sydney? I know the folks that are yes. uh, called Pat in, oh. Pat in the Pot Pat- Creole Seasoning. And uh, bless her heart, she wrote on, she wrote on the... Uh, on the can, she said uh, to my oh, friend Dave, "Love you, Pat Darbon." And uh, she, I mean, they've got billboards of her up in, in Lake Charles now. And uh, you get you get three. She sends you three of these things when you when you make an order of, and and then she's got these drink glasses, uh, an insulated uh, wine cup, and uh, oh, okay. like a tumbler. And uh, she calls it she calls it her drinky drink, and it says that on the on the on the side, drinky drink. And I'm gonna get some of those too, but. Cool. Yeah, you can put this as she says on here. Let's see. You can um, you can enjoy my seasoning on meats, seafood, soups, salad, no, soups, sweet, uh, casseroles, vegetables, toast. Uh, no, no, Danish cinnamon rolls. Just about anything. Put it. That's one hell of a seasoning. Oh man, man. you sprinkle you sprinkle this on your oatmeal and you have a good time. Anyway, uh, she, she said she calls it the heat that's bon appetit. <laughs> she said, so grab grab yourself a drink, a drink, and get to cooking. That's what she said. It's great. It's great. So, yeah, December 12th. So there we are. I talked with my friend of, uh, on the last po- podcast, uh, Joel Valdez, on, uh, on talking about cooking. 
and uh, to see what he cooks. He does pasta, Italian foods. He actually did uh, made pasta from scratch. He said he'll never do it again because it's just not easy. But and I stipulated that I'm I'm surrounded by culinary uh, experts here. So I have no desire to submit my work for uh, for, for uh, criticism. So there will be no critiquing of my stuff here. I do a PB and J, and I go sit down and eat it. But uh, how about you? Do you do a lot of cooking? I do. Um, not as much as I used to because no. uh, um, we cook big pots. We cook a lot. Oh, and then okay. I find myself eating half of it. We eat half of it, and the next thing you know, it's gone. But I like to cook because the, the leftovers, it, some some dishes I make takes better the second day with the oh, yeah. seasoning and right. all stuff just really just gets in there and tastes really great. But I, I do I do like to cook. It's, it's kind of a, a soothing thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And they say cooking and eating is, is love. So Yeah, I get that, um, yeah. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that from my 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 grandparents, especially. You know, my 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 mother's mom, and she could make a pot roast that you could eat with a spoon. Ooh, oh, yes, God, it was just unbelievable. Yes, and you look at it and it falls apart. And uh, of course, my uh, my Cajun grandmother did the, the, the did the gumbo. You mean on stuff? Ooh, so. yes. Who makes that? That's good. Yeah. Um, what what were your what were your favorite foods growing up? My favorite foods growing up was a lot of chicken, fried, baked, however they want to make it, collard greens, cornbread. Hmm. I, if I had to be marooned on an island, I'd need those three things to go with me. <laughs> and I would be just fine. Yeah. And and breakfast, the big breakfast, grits, eggs, bacon, biscuits, the whole nine yards. In fact, for Christmas... Instead of making a big Christmas dinner, I make a big Christmas breakfast. Oh. And um, and we were doing the pajama thing long before it became a thing now. Yeah. Uh, everybody would get a new set of pajamas on Christmas Eve, and then we'd wake up to their Christmas breakfast. And uh, now... Spill it all over your new pajamas. Oh, yeah. yeah. And now everybody's kind of adopted my idea, thank you very much, that I'm not getting credit for. Or royalty. Now you go in and you get some... Uh, Christmas pajamas, and they want, you know, a small business loan for you to pay for it. <laughs> Hell, they're wearing their pajamas to, to the mall now, to the stores, so, you know. Which is really, you know, yeah. beyond. I mean, right. Unless you're two, I put some clothes on, please. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I that's a that big Christmas breakfast. And then as we've gotten older, we just let our kids do the Christmas dinner. Yeah, okay. So, that's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. And not to, yeah, not doing to that for years. Away. Love it. I like Love that. It. Um, do you, you remember uh, you threw a party for me when I left? Yes, the, uh, the, the, and it was a pre, it was a precondition. You were going to throw a going away party for me on the precondition that I agreed to go away when I when I left uh, <laughs> when I left North Carolina. Remember that? Yeah, because you know you have know a good how these time. Uh, stars they have these final concerts, final this. Final, next thing you know, you're like. I thought you were leaving, man. <laughs> we, You're still here. We had a guy. We had a guy. He was uh, in charge of uh, total quality stuff at at uh, Kunsan when I was stationed there. He was a major, super nice They're guy. Cool. And uh, he we threw up. He was time for him to go uh, to go back to the states. I was in Korea, uh, so we did a party for him, and that was that. Great guy. Said our goodbyes, and that was on a Friday night. Monday morning, he's in his office. I walked by, did a double take, looked back in. I said, oh, forgotten but not gone. <laughs> in a suit. 
Right. No, but his plane wasn't leaving until that afternoon, so he thought, I'll come on in. So, no, that's not how it works, dude. You no, no, were given yeah. a going-away party. Now it is incumbent on you to live up to your end of the bargain and go away. Yes. You know, but but that party that was that you gave for me, which I really appreciate. That was a lot of fun. We were pretty well attended. And, yes. Uh, but I, and there's some good food there. Did you? I don't. I don't even remember you asking you at the time. Did you cook all that stuff? We cooked everything. We cooked everything. In fact, um, I I don't want to brag. No, go ahead. Go ahead. But uh, whenever I have a party, I I, t- I try to make the hope the the guests rather should i say very very comfortable the only thing you should bring is yourself right uh nothing else so um everything is cooked from scratch oh it was good Uh, yeah and you know back then we didn't have the bacon take that you have at the supermarkets now now you can get seven meals a day right Right. Uh, for pennies, so and, and never cook anything. I, I that's okay sometimes, but when when you really put some love into the food and make it from scratch and you set it all out, I I, I love to entertain. That's so good, I really like that. I enjoy doing that for you, Dave. You were you were well worth the chicken parts. <laughs> <laughs> now parts is parts. No, I really did. I mean, that was I really did appreciate it. Still do. Got great memories of it, and the folks that attended. I remember the little lady that I brought with me from from Thailand. And she was, yes. she was she was giving us pointers on how to get totally messed up, mess, messing up different kinds of alcohol and things, and and then you guys did the some line the macarena or macaroni or the, the uh, electric slide, a, 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 epileptic chicken or whatever it was. I know I got I got I got out there and it became bumper cars immediately. So, man, that was good times, wasn't it? It was. It All was. Right. I miss those days. I do, too. Well, you know, we'll still have fun. Speaking of which, well, you've heard me brag repeatedly about the sort of people who are uh, part of Ricochet and who occasionally post on Ricochet. And one of the folks I usually have in mind when I start bragging is my guest today. Uh, Pat Sajak, as you no doubt are aware, is the host of Wheel of Fortune. Back on May the 8th of this year, he went into the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest career as a game show host, a record previously held by Bob Barker uh, for The Price is Right. Additionally, Pat has written for Human Events, as well as being a contributor here on Ricochet, where he writes interesting columns from time to time. Mr. Sajak is on the board of uh, directors at the Claremont Institute. He's on the board of trustees at Hillsdale College, and he's an external director at Eagle Publishing. He's also a veteran, something near and dear to my heart. He served in Vietnam on the Armed Forces Vietnam Network. And if I have this right, Pat, you actually succeeded Adrian Cronauer, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, uh, you are and uh, and you're not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I did, but not directly. There were oh, okay. two or three guys in between, but, but I was part of that lineage, yeah. That's fantastic. Well, first, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Dave. It's good to good to talk to you. It's been a good while. Thank I've been you. I've been really remiss in my ricochet duties, and 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 frankly, the reason is uh, just the temperature of the country is so hot, right. and and right. people are so annoyed, and and it's so uh, difficult to uh, to 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 remain civil as is ricochet's goal, and it's increasingly difficult. Uh, and I'm. And I've um, and it's still a great place and a great site to right. go if you'd like a, like a lower temperature. But I've sort of with I've sort of I can't remember <laughs> the last time I had one of the news networks on or have read any of the political stuff on Twitter. It's just so I'm I'm getting too old for this. So <laughs> I'm in my little cocoon. I watch Andy Griffith reruns. I'm happy as a clam. 
and I don't know what's going on and don't much care because yeah. um, we've um, we've taken a lot of genies out of the bottle here in this country now. I don't know how we're going to get them back in, frankly, but I'm not going to worry about it for yeah. a while. <laughs> well, I remember it with the uh, the Ricochet uh, 200th podcast that, that we did in Los Angeles. And you mentioned that on elsewhere, not, not at Ricochet, but elsewhere on the Internet, someone could post something as innocuous as a recipe for Toll House cookies and three comments in there being called a Nazi. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how that happens, but yeah, yeah. it's it's uh, and in, and and politics is injected into anything. I mean, right. the, the most benign things you mentioned Twitter that I I tweet about, and I occasionally I dip my toe in politics, but politics, but generally stay away from it. Yeah. But no matter how far away I get, someone manages to drag it back <laughs> in. I, they, they're just. They're, they're, they can't help themselves. No. Yeah. Well, let's take a break from that for a minute. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just curious, is there ever a kind of a lull in the taping of Wheel of Fortune so that you have a bit of a break? Or is it a nonstop year-round vowel purchasing extravaganza you got going? Well, my life is one big lull, my okay. professional life. Right. In fact, if you did in dog years, I've only done the show about six years. Um, we have – it is the best job in, in show business. Mm-hmm. And – Aside from the fact that it's fun and easy right. and all that for men, and 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 they keep renewing the darn thing, um, <laughs> the schedule is amazing. We'll do typically, for example, I taped uh, the other day. I taped uh, uh, two days on Thursday and Friday, wow. and uh, we did twelve shows in those two days. And I don't work again for two more weeks, so oh. it's my life is a series of two week vacations. And and those taping, even on the days we tape, they say that must be grueling. Six shows in a day. Typically, we start about noon, and by six o'clock, I'm on my way to dinner. So, it's—I <laughs> hate to—I almost hate to say how easy a schedule it is, and it's, and it's actually been one of the great things for someone who uh, uh, had a family to raise uh, with my yeah. wife to be able to be there for all the things because we were able to do it because of this great schedule I have. So even bankers would 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 envy those hours, right? Oh, there's almost—it's funny when I'll do interviews with local, uh, like a local entertainment reporter yeah. at a station. I start talking about my schedule, and you can just see the green envy just <laughs> pile up in their gullet. You know, they're it, uh, because you know I've done that, and I, you're there every day, and yeah. you're you know if you get a couple of weeks off, you're lucky. Uh, so it's it's really been uh, it's been fabulous. I know that the uh, the last time we talked, you mentioned your dad's having worked at a truck dock uh, when you were a little guy, I guess. Uh, on, the, yeah. on the south side of Chicago, if I remember that correctly, it, and, well, uh, yeah, the southwest side, it's okay. sort of an industrial part of town, and and he worked, um, yeah, I mean, he worked thirty five years at Hennis Freight Lines, which is no longer in business, yeah. I believe, but. Um, I, it's funny. I remember. I distinctly remember him getting his thirty-five year pin, and he was very proud of it. And I, I can't blame him. Sure. You know, it's a really tough job at, no. to, to work work at it that long. And I swear to you, I remember thinking it's absolutely true. Uh, and I knew then I wanted to be in broadcasting. I said, "Gee, that's to me." I said, "I didn't say it to him." To me, I said, "This is really great, but I can't." You know. Luckily, I'm getting into a business where I'm not going to have to do the same thing for thirty-five <laughs> years. Well, we're in season thirty-seven now. Yeah. So. Did you get your pin? I, you know, they don't give me, you know, give me, I'm not even employee of the month there. I got to, I got to do something. Yeah, I would, I would you, you should unionize. No, you probably already have. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, yeah, I do belong to a union. I belong to, I don't know what the performance union yeah. is called, but I belong to it. And then a lot of our, our, our crew does as well. So we have a uh, union folks running around. You, you sort of anticipated my next question. When, so you were a little guy when you figured out that you wanted to go into broadcast work? Yeah, I can't put a finger on exact age, but I don't ever remember wanting to do anything else. Television fascinated me. I used to sneak up 
at night when I was a kid uh, because I was supposed to be in bed, well, yeah. you know, getting ready for school. I'd sneak up to watch Jack Parr on The Tonight Show. And you had to sneak because you couldn't have TV in your room then. Well, that's true. Safe. Uh, so you had to sneak to the living room and I usually get caught and then sent back to bed. Um, I, I don't know why it always held an appeal to me, broadcasting in general. And I did honestly, even as I got older into my late teens, when I knew for sure I was going to do that, I didn't even know what it was. I, I, I didn't even care if it was radio or television. I just liked the idea of of talking for a living. It seemed like a fun way to, to live, and it turned out to be that way. I was I was the class clown growing up. Mm. I remember my dad telling yeah. me, you know, Dave, you should really be on stage, and we have a stagecoach leaving town in a little while. I'm going to put you on it. <laughs> Yeah, be under it. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, I, I guess I was too, but I tried to be, um, there are two kinds of class clowns. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I suspect you were not the first one I'm going to mention, which is the throwing spitballs at people and being disruptive. Making little fart I, noises in my armpit. And, yeah, right. That well, a little, well, a little bit. Yeah. I tried to be a little classier. In my, yeah. I mean, I tried to be funny. I, I don't have a lot of yearbooks left, but I found one recently and I, from, from high school. And the, the word that kept, the kids kept using and in, in writing their little inscriptions to me was witty, which is kind of an odd little word mm-hmm. for high school. But I tried to be. I, I mean, for my teachers, I wouldn't I would. Again, I was not disruptive in class. But what I would frequently do is turn in two versions of a test to them, <laughs> one which is the real one and then one with funny answers. Yeah. That was my that was my class clownishness. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I was yeah. looking at some sometimes. Of the, sometimes they couldn't tell which was which, which well, was a problem. You work, work in your favor, depending on the kind of kind of test it is. Um, I was looking at some of the places where you've done radio work, and I see that one of them is just up the highway from where I am here in Memphis. You were at WSM in Nashville for a while, apparently. I was. I was um, after the army. I ended up. I couldn't get a job in broadcasting, and I ended up at a little station called. I couldn't tell you the name of it to be honest with you. It was in Murray, Kentucky, for mm-hmm. a small town. Murray State University is there, south southwestern Kentucky, okay. and, um, and it was a two hundred and fifty watt. Station. I was working for minimum wage from seven to midnight playing rock and roll records. I was there about a year. I was about 25 years old. And I thought, my career is not going real well. And uh, I put what little I had into a car, my car, and uh, rumbled up the road to the nearest big city, which happened to be Nashville. Yeah. And uh, it took a few months of banging on doors, but eventually I got a, a, a job there, worked in television and radio. So, yeah, Na- Nashville is really where it kind of started for me, okay. certainly in radio. And, and my first television job was there as well. And I, I know that later on in the uh, mid late seventies, I guess you wound up at KNBC in Los Angeles doing weather. Um, and I bring I bring all this up because I'm curious to get your perspective on what sort of changes uh, you've seen, not only in television programming, but in the sorts of things that audiences want to see in television. Do you think that the audience expectations have changed over time? I get you know it's it's so uh, uh, to bring it back briefly to to our show and then I'll I'll yeah. answer your question yeah. more completely. Um, one of the amazing things to me about our success is not that it's been on so long that's pretty amazing in itself. But when we went on the air in our nighttime iteration back in '83, mm-hmm. think of what television was. There were three networks. There wasn't even a Fox network. There was certainly no streaming. There were no satellites. There were no uh, you know uh, direct TV and all this kind of yeah. stuff. No computers. There were no cell phones. And now look, there is no resemblance in my business to what it is now to what it was then. And yet we've thrived. Equally in those changing environments, to me, that's the most amazing thing about it. But as to your question, I think one of the television has changed. And if you look at if you look at the shows, these the, the so-called water cooler shows, mm-hmm. people, oh, you have to see this on Netflix. I'm streaming this and this. One of the things a lot of them have in common 
to me is they're very dark. Television's gotten very dark. Uh, and and I know it's good writing and all that stuff, but it, it, to me, it, it, it's, it's a fairly depressing array of people and situations. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that kind of works in our favor. We're, you know, nobody gets voted off our show. No one is humiliated. It's, it's a safe haven if you're watching with it's your true. family. And I think that that kind of helps us. So, yeah, I think television is, you know, the choices have gotten, uh, certainly the audiences for individual shows have gotten much, much smaller. I mean, shows that are big hits that have been on the air for, you know, a talk show like, uh, what, uh, what's that, um, Ellen has been on forever. Mm. I mean, if you took her rate, the ratings she has, her raw ratings, and, and had those ratings 20 years ago, she would have lasted three weeks. Mm. And, and no knock on her. It's the, right. the same for all shows. I mean, these water cooler shows that you read so much about, they have just a few million people. The, the days, unless it's a big sporting event or that kind of thing, the days of sort of mass audiences for, for individual shows uh, are, are about gone. You know, And I was thinking, whenever you said that uh, the programming has gotten darker in many respects, and I remember back when you, I could watch Batman, then I knew pretty easily who the good and bad guys were. <laughs> well, they yeah. help by saying "bam" and "boom" on the screen. You know? uh, I'm not sure. And the, the music, the music helps. That's too. not. That's not exactly what I want to point to as a television's <laughs> golden age. But, but no, your point is your point is taken. No. Yeah, I. You know, it's gotten. Look, we. It, it reflects where we all are. We've all got, gotten cynical. We're talking earlier about yeah. you know the comments section when you're online. Everybody's cynical. Everybody's angry. Everybody's a little nasty to each other. Um, and and television reflects that. I mean, the shows are cynical. And the, and the, you're right. The the there's a there's a, not a very good line between good and bad and what's what's evil and what's not. And uh, you know, I don't know where we're going with all this. And I understand that that wasn't a real world. And 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 good and evil are not necessarily delineated by some strong line. You know, there are variations. Right. But right. I don't. Know, I feel like we've gone too far in that direction. And there's still right and wrong. And there's still beautiful and ugly. Uh, and uh, we're, I think we're losing sight of that. This may be a chicken and an egg question, but are they following audience desires, or are they trying to guide audience expectations, or I, I, is it hard to say? I, I, don't, I don't know. That's, you know, that's always been a, um, uh, the dilemma of, yeah. uh, of the creative folks. I mean, you, for example, when you, you see the violence on, on the screen, and you go, and, they, and their argument is, well, we're just reflecting society. We don't we don't really, you know, yeah. lead it, and we, people don't do what we say. They're, we're just showing what's going on. And yet, on the one side of their mouth, they say that. On the other side of their mouth, when they do a, a movie about, you know, some, you know, uh, uh, you know, the Philadelphia movie with Tom Hanks about AIDS or whatever, something that they, they deem to be, you know, a worthwhile, eye-opening experience, they're handing out awards to each other. Look right. how you're influencing. So the argument, the argument seems to be you can only influence for good, you can't influence for bad. And I, I don't think you can have it both ways. No, it, it, I think it cuts both ways. Um, that having been said, I don't, I don't think, in my personal opinion, uh, based on absolutely, absolutely no expertise, I don't think shows like Wheel or Jeopardy are going anyplace anytime soon, do you? No, I mean, uh, I am. I, I can't do the show forever, but uh, the, sh- the show will get, I mean, this may literally be the show that's never canceled because no. because no matter who's hosting it, you know, people like the game. And they're, and now, as I said earlier, you don't have to have, a, a you know, 10 million people watching every night. You can, you can be online. People can stream you. People can find you another way. So the show may never go away, but, but to, to do the, we still have, you know, we're still must see TV. We don't stream our show. You have to be in front of yours. I mean, you can 
tape it, I suppose, but or yeah. DVR, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> but but generally speaking, you have to be in front of your set at dinner time, and people are, and they kind of like that. We've yeah. become, we sort of have become part of people's life cycles, and and I hear from folks now who are watching it with their kids who used to watch it with their grandparents and that kind sure. of thing. So it's it's a very evocative show in that sense. It reminds people, I guess, maybe of of simpler times and and maybe ni- when people were nicer to each other. I mean, our contestants you know, are of varying skills, but they are invariably nice people. I mean, they root for each other. They care about each other. They're, they don't get angry when they lose. Uh, there's uh, there's none of that on our show. It's, it's, you know, it's nice people having a good time, and um, that's becoming a rarity. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, but it does stand out for, for a lot of good reasons. And, and one of the things that I like about you, actually, is, is uh, speaking of witty, is some of the things that, that you write on Twitter. And I'm, I'm going to give you a couple of my favorites. I just, I just love them, uh, with your permission. Yes, please. Um, quote, one, one thing I've never done is lose touch with our viewers. If I'm in my car and someone waves at me, I always have my driver lower his window and wave back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, uh, uh, people love when you are, I mean, that's obviously yeah, a self-effacing right, joke. You're making, right. making fun of celebrityhood and people, people like that. And they know yeah. I don't do that, yeah. but, but it's, it's funny. I, we recently taped a show that, that was going to air uh, the night before Halloween. And I said to... Um, I said to Vanna on the close of the show, I said, you know, there's something Vanna does every year and is so sweet. And I think people should know about that every night on this night, on Halloween night, uh, she she lowers the voltage in the electric fence around her house. And it's really <laughs> nice for the kids, you know. So, <laughs> people like that stuff. Oh, I like that. I, I, yeah, that's good. And, and my yeah. all-time favorite here, uh, you wrote, I was walking around my house this morning and I saw myself in a mirror. Now, although I know I'm not a young man, I decided then and there that I had to do something about what I saw. So I've had all the mirrors removed. <laughs> <laughs> and it works beautifully. Oh, now yeah, I yeah. think I look great. Mirror, I don't have to look. <laughs> it's like mirror, mirror on the wall. Get out. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I did. Uh, to, I did say we taped the other day and I'm, I'm I don't I don't know why I'm doing this, I guess, because I'm comfortable doing it. But I'm going <laughs> to I said something that amused me. Yeah. And I'll tell you what it was. It amused me because it, it just popped into my mind quickly. And it's and, you know, sometimes you don't have to be funny. You just have to be fast. Mm-hmm. So we had a we had a puzzle. It was one of these toss up puzzles, and I, I think it might have been Halloween themed because the 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 answer was Freddy Krueger, who is the the guy from the Halloween right. or not Halloween Elm Street. I think the Elm Street movies. Yeah, anyway, Nightmare on Elm Street. A horror, horror. Freddy Krueger, and uh, and the the guy, the guy said he said he buzzed in. He said Freddy Krueger, and of course he's not right. And then the next person buzzed in. I leaned over to the guy and said. It's okay. You were probably thinking of Freddy Cougar Mellencamp. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Remember, uh, this is since we're trailing off a little bit here, uh, when very early in, the, in the Barack Obama's presidency, and he talked, made reference to a Navy corpsman. And, and <laughs> yes. uh, Mark Stein at that point just had this great line. He talked about the four corpsmen of the Obama lips. <laughs> So, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, Mark was, as you mentioned, my associating with Hillsdale College. I'm now chairman of the board there. Okay. And um, uh, and Mark, uh, we had a big event recently and Mark spoke. And he is when he gets on his rants, he is oh, hysterically yeah. yes. funny. I mean, he has a way with words and the language that I, I, I just I just wish I could do it. And, it. and it all sounds extemporaneous. I know it's not. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's just hysterical. I, I say, I'm spellbound. No absolutely spellbound by him. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, when I, so when I read some of these things that you write on uh, on this, we'll wind it up with this one with this question. But um, on Twitter, it reminds me a lot of the old comedians, the, the type of a delivery. Uh, and it may be one reason I like it is because I was such a fan, for example, of George Burns. But there, there's almost a vaudeville quality to that to the humor at times, which I think is is missing. Did, were you influenced by those folks? Oh, sure. I mean, that you know, first of all, I'm old. So, of course, I, you know, those are those are the people I grew up with. school with, with and, yeah. Yeah, Look, you know, look, time, I don't begrudge change. It happens. Humor changes. Uh, deliveries change. But I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to adapt to that and be hip and all that stuff. I'm not hip. I'm, the only time you see the word hip associated with me if, if it's followed by the word replacement. <laughs> uh, so there's another uh, you know, so they're kind of they're kind of almost dad jokes. It's you mentioned George Burns yeah. next Summer, I, every couple of years, I have a friend who does the news in Hawaii, and uh, there's a beautiful theater in Honolulu, and we do we do a play every couple of years. It helps me, you know, it helps my mind to memorize a play, if sure, nothing else. Sure. But we're doing we're doing Sunshine Boys in next June, and I'll be playing the character that George Burns played in the uh, in the film. So that's oh, wow. that's my shameless plug. I remember reading while well, he wrote some books and things I just love about his own life, but he talked about being as a child. A uh, large family, and he was a young guy, but he wanted to make some money. So he'd go get a block of ice and chip it up and sell it in various neighborhoods for what money he could get. And apparently he had to come through one neighborhood that had some uh, – it was an Irish neighborhood and some real tough kids. And George Burns is actually Jewish. And so he's pulling his little cart with the ice, and the kids stopped him, and they asked for his name. And he gave some you know, uh, uh, Irish-sounding name, O'Reilly or whatever, and they said, are you Catholic? And little George said, well, are you kidding? Of course I am. My, my dad's a priest. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like he years ago, I was doing a, a, talk, a late night talk show on CBS and George was scheduled to be on. And he was in his 90s and well into his 90s. And I thought. And you know the way talk shows work. You know, you, they're, they're, someone interviews them ahead of time. You get some notes and you feed them straight lines and all that. And but I, and I figured, you know, I'm pretty hip and I can uh, I'll I'll get this poor old man through this, and so he can do his oh, jokes yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. I was wrong there. I mean, he was he was right. I mean, with sparkle in his eyes and yeah. right on, and never missed a beat. So he was yeah, he was terrific. But sure, those are you know those are the. Those are the people I grew up with. Uh, that's yeah. my childhood. And, and again, that's, of course, those are the people who influence you. Sure. Absolutely. Well, my friend, it's been a pleasure as always and an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so very much. Uh, Dave, thank you. And don't ever ask me to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for free. I won't, I won't, I won't, okay. We'll make that stipulation. No, it's, uh, it's good to catch up with you. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan and admirer of what you do. Thank and you, uh, keep at it. Well, I will. If you insist, then I'll do it. Okay, thank you. Thank you, sir. Folks, that's Pat Sajak on the Dave Carter Program.
the blues now, don't it? Oh, yeah. So if you're joining... the blues. Yeah, man. Well, this is Memphis, man. We've got blues. Hey. So, uh... Works for me. Have you joined the fun over at Ricochet yet? You know, we're reminded of a lot of uh, things these days, including the fact that we have uh, lim- unlimited resources. And one of the resources that is necessarily limited is your time. Everybody has the same number of hours in the day now, but we all have different competing interests that vie for those hours and for our time. Well, if you want to stay informed and get a little entertainment in the bargain, uh, you don't have to look any further than right here on Ricochet, on the Ricochet Audio Network, from the best-selling author Andrew Clavin Show to Law Talk with Professors Richard Epstein, John Yu, and former President Bush speechwriter, uh, and really good guy Troy Sinek. Over to former Secretary of Education Bill Bennett's show to the flagship podcast where Peter Robinson, Rob Long, and James Lilacs talk to some of the most interesting and thoughtful people on the political scene today, all the way over to here, where I get to engage with some remarkable personalities and minds and lose my own mind in the process and have a good time at it. Ricochet has well over 50 different podcasts that are sure to capture your interest. And here's the deal, folks. If you want to interact with the podcasters themselves... Well, for $4.50 a month, you can do exactly that. Not only that, but for four and a half bucks, you can have total access to the website and comment and or interact with some truly brilliant pundits and commentators when they post their columns. And check this out now. For 50 cents more a month, five whole dollar, you can write your own columns and essays and see them published on one of the most influential and widely read sites on the web. Ricochet is read in some of the highest offices in the land, which gives various movers and shakers the chance to read for themselves what normal folks are thinking and what they're concerned about. It's not a bad deal, is it? Five bucks. So head on over to ricochet.com slash join to learn more about how you can be part of a growing and dynamic community. Again, that's ricochet.com slash join, and you too can join the conversation. On the Dave Carter Show, which is the Dave Carter Show starring Dave Carter, here on Ricochet, which has Dave Carter. <laughs> Glad we got that cleared up. Oh, yeah. That's James Lilacs, man. He is he's fantastic. He did, does the intro for us and some of the sound bites. And he, he this stuff is spontaneous. It just all springs forth, and he's hilarious. He's on the flagship podcast, by the way. Which he's a great, we can get him on this show one day, if at all possible. He's got good pipes. Yeah, he does. He does. Well, uh, so what do you think about the conversation with Pat Sajak? Pretty good? It's really good. Really good. I didn't know that he was in radio back in the day. Oh, yeah. That was some good information to know. He did the whole said, Good Morning Vietnam and all that. You know, I, I did like how he pointed out the darkness of how our shows are going these days, and it got me thinking. I said, you know, he's kind of right. I, I thought about they, they, we've had some good entertainment for sure in television and radio and the theaters. Yeah. But um, when you think about just some of the titles, uh, some of the TV shows, a couple of them come to mind, like Murder One, Ooh. Homicide, Life on the Streets, yeah. Cops. Criminal Minds, The Dead Zone, Death Valley. What do you pick from? So Watch that and go to a birthday yeah, party, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, I'm motivated now. I've watched my top five cop shows and I'm ready to go. Yeah. 
But uh, mm-hmm. and then you've got your good comedy shows too. Right. But yeah, he's kind of right. We we do need to lighten up a little bit. Entertainment is uh, supposed to entertain. Right. And I think he's right about um, his show Wheel of Fortune. I think that show can go on. Forever. Oh, it's, it's, it's iconic. I, I didn't talk to him about this this time, and I don't know if you're aware of this. And I hope I'm not stepping. Uh, out of turn and sharing this, but a very, very dear friend of mine from back in Panama City, his name is Paul. Uh, his mother was a devout, uh, you know, constitutes a huge fan of Wheel of Fortune. And she went in for what was supposed to be a, re- uh, a, uh, a routine surgery uh, years ago, and she didn't come out. She, they lost her during, oh, during the surgery. Yeah. And uh, I let Pat know just, just you know, offhand, you know, this this guy's mom really loved your show, and, and uh, they're having a memorial for her tonight. And he was kind enough to send along a, a nice message to to my friend Paul uh, about about you know yeah, offering condolences. And then when Paul uh, went to uh, Los Angeles, uh, Pat arranged for uh, him to be able to attend a taping and to get the VIP treatment. And he met with Paul, and uh, you know just and Paul was just blown away how down to earth the guy is, you know, and how how kind he. I mean, he really is one one of the good ones, you know. He is, but, um, and he's very blessed too. When you think about it, no, oh, yeah, because uh, that show, Vanna White, the way it's endured, right, right. There's very few jobs you can say mm-hmm. these days it's going to go on forever. Yeah, that's true. Like that. I mean, other than the professions, the doctors, your lawyers, those type of people. Yeah. But um, that's um, it's pretty amazing, and, and it's good, clean fun. Right. It really is. Exactly. I agree with him with that. That was a, that was a good segment. I could, really I could good. Thank you and thank him. He was, was you know, fantastic. He makes it easy. I just throw lob him up, and he just makes it sound wonderful. Um, and I, I couldn't help but commiserate with him a little bit when he talked about stepping back from the daily bloodbath and political yeah. commentary and Twitter and all that. Um, and I, that's what I've done. That's what I've done with this show. Uh, uh, leading up to the 2016 election, I was, I was writing pretty regularly about things, and I had I had a misunderstanding with with a good friend. Uh, it's all good now, but he had asked rhetorically in the, in the course of our exchange on social media, what have you done for your country lately? Now, he meant that as a rhetorical question. I took it personally. And oh, so I I went through a list of some things I did in the military. So I've done quite enough, thank you. you know. And, and he, he was quick to say, I didn't mean you personally. But I was like, you know, I just, I, those kinds of things, and sometimes they're not always a misunderstanding. Like no, I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm going I'm going to step back, and we're going to have a little bit of fun with this program, and not uh, get into the, uh, you know, the chainsaw massacre that happens every day on on social media. So, understandably so. Well, uh, back back here at the ranch. Meanwhile, what's happening in your world? Is this transition to Windows thing done where you work, or is it? Are you still in it? Still a, pro, a work in progress, or what? Still a work in progress. We're about eighty five percent there. I think we're going to be on target. By the first of January, okay. um, so um, that's a good thing. And uh, you know, daylight savings time tonight uh, rolls tonight. back tomorrow. Tonight, yeah. tonight. So we go back to standard time. I kind of wish it was standard time all year round. Some yeah. people want daylight savings time all year round. I like standard time. I, I think if you stick with it long enough, you're not going to know the difference. Right. Honestly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we got to do all of that. Go around and since I'm a clock collector i've got to go around and 
change all the times and all of the six million <laughs> clocks I have in the house. It's like, oh, she's touching me again. You, now uh, she's getting ready to roll me back. <laughs> when I was working at the watch repair shop in Panama City, every time there was a time change, the local oh. TV station would come out and because we had clocks all over the wall and we had to change them all. So they'd come out and talk to us about, you know, and half the day, the day after the time change is spent in that shop changing people's watches for them some of the digital watches they don't know how to change the time and so they come in well you do this so we spent get a lot of practice doing that kind of thing so i remember those days oh yes well and of course the holidays are coming up for uh in the world of retail so we have the the annual running of the customers here pretty soon uh, (laughs) and you know now it's the weekends of the craft fairs do you you ever go to uh, any craft fairs I, i well i did before i got to working in retail but Invariably, they happen on weekends that I'm working, so my wife goes, oh, yeah. and uh, she enjoys it. And she's actually going to get into some craft work here pretty soon, I think. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I did that from time to time. It's it's a, it's another soothing hobby. It's really nice, and I love the craft fairs because I like the unique things that people come up with. So I always try to find that one or two thing that uh, yeah. might say, "Hey, this is kind of cool," but yeah, I love it. You know what my it. soothing hobby is? Uh, what's the name again? Now, do, do you know what my soothing hobby is? Uh, your soothing hobby. I'm doing it right now. Is that right? That's right. Talking with you, podcasting, oh. and having fun. That's my soothing hobby. Well, and, I can get with that, Dave. All right. Well, I'm glad. And I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. So I'm going to get there one day. Not you know, today, but one day. I wish, I'll get there. I wish this could sure. last forever, but i got to go to work. So. Uh, gotcha. <laughs> but, I understand yeah, completely. Uh, so it's time that we take our leave of this program, at least this time. This has been a fun program, I think. I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, I did, too. I did, too. It's always good talking with you, Dave. Thank you. Always good. What a sweetheart. Sydney, as always, thank you so much for taking the time out of your crazy schedule and the fog of pain meds to join the craziness over here. I really appreciate it. And... Uh, my thanks to Pat Sajak, of course, for agreeing to appear on the program and for the, sharing with some of the wonderful insights that he's got. Always a treat. He's a consummate gentleman and, uh, like I said, generally one of the good guys. And thanks to the usual cast of characters. Uh, God help us. And as always, with very special thanks to you, the listener, I am Dave Carter for Ricochet.com. Ricochet.com.